Hello, I'm Bonnie Snowden, ex-corporate person and mother turned successful artist entrepreneur. It wasn't that long ago though that I lacked the confidence, vision and support network to focus on growing my dream business. Fast forward past many life curveballs, waves of self-doubt and so many lessons learned and you'll see Ignite, my thriving online coloured pencil artist community. A community that changes members' lives for the better and gives me freedom to live abundantly whilst doing what I love and spending quality time with my beloved family and dogs. All whilst creating my best artwork with coloured pencils and mentoring others to do the same. But this life wasn't always how it was for me. It used to only exist in my imagination. I've created the It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast to help increase people's confidence, share mine and my community's experience and hope through fascinating personal stories, champion the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and create another channel through which I can support others to realise their dreams. If you're a passionate coloured pencil artist or an aspiring one who's looking to create their best work and a joyful life you love, you're in the right place. Grab a cuppa and a custard cream. Let's get cracking. This is a very special week for my podcast as it's the first birthday. I can't believe it's been a year since the fabulous tea party and the launch ceremony and then every single week there's been a new episode. It's been amazing chatting to different people, holding space for their stories and finding out so much about things I had no idea about before. Listen to some of the highlights this week as we celebrate 12 months, 36,000 downloads and some incredibly special people who have been part of my life. Welcome to my first ever episode of It's a Bonnie Old Life. As many of you who already know me are aware, family is very important to me and I class anyone in my community as family, whether they are related to me or are part of my tribe. My close family have always been incredibly supportive and over the last few years there have been many ups and quite a few downs with my family always there to help pick up the pieces. My two older sisters have been over and beyond supportive and I'm absolutely delighted to be talking to one of them today. What better way to start my podcast off than talking to the person who first put the idea of becoming a full-time artist into my head? Now, I have to be very careful here introducing her as we both both have very strong what we call great-grandpa genes in which anything we say that has any emotional connotation, we both start weeping. Wonderful, supportive wife and mother of three, owner of a thriving family business, a huge support to me and my little family, and host of fabulous Christmas kazoo concerts. Annabelle, my big sister, hello. Well, it is so standing now. So this is when I was when I was thinking about the questions to ask you, and I haven't. I don't think I've actually asked you a question. But when I was <laughs> when I was thinking about the questions to ask you, I was thinking, oh gosh, what can I what can I ask about her? You know, she's just my sister, and she's and I was like. But hang on a second. She lived in London. She sung at the Royal Albert Hall. She was on a flipping uh, video with um, Freddie Mercury. <laughs> with Freddie Mercury. <laughs> you were on Emmerdale. Coronation Street. Uh, tell me about your singing. Well, I'd always I know loved, we've all, we I'd all, always loved singing. Yeah, and oh. we've all, we've already had like a little bit of Arnold Titch. <laughs> It was good. Wasn't it? <laughs> you can all tell, can't you, now that I'm a really good singer. Um, I yeah. Well, I've always loved singing, and I wanted to be an actress, and then I didn't want to be an actress because it, I went to an in, I went to an audition when I was 17, and it was all very, I don't know, didn't like it. I think I was sheltered, and it was <laughs> it was not, not it was a very strange audition. Um, so then I thought, oh no, what am I going to do? Oh, I know, I'll do singing. So I auditioned for Trinity College of Music in London, and by some amazing chance I got in 
So then I had four years um, on a singing performance course in London, which was fantastic. It didn't set me up for anything else in life, but I had a lovely four years and made some lovely friends and had a good time and, yeah, had a nice time in London. I then did lots of auditions. It's really hard in the, in the singing because you, you have to stand up on stage and you have to... If you've got an instrument, you're singing, you're, you're through your instrument and it's less personal. But when it's when it's your voice, it's you. And it's very, very... When you're standing on stage and somebody goes, no, nah, thanks, after three notes, it quickly... You've really got to get quite a, quite a thick skin. And it's like anything with, you know... Well, it's like a lot of things, but, it, you know, especially in the arts, it, it is, it's hard because, mm. you know... It's very personal, isn't it? It is very personal. And also, the, 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 you know, the falls come more than the, than the not fall. What's another <laughs> word? The falls yes. or the, the ups. Yes, that's the down, it. The downsides <laughs> are more than the upsides. So you have to really, you have to really keep your enthusiasm for it going. And so I, I, did, I, did, I did enough singing because in singing you could get contracts. So if I did a wedding... I'd just get a contract written up. And when you had enough contracts, you could get... In those days, you used to have to have an equity card to go on TV. I don't think you do now. But then that was just the way of, of the, the sort of... It was like a union, an actor's union. So because I didn't get many jobs singing, I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just sort of keep the wolf in the door and I'll, I'll do some extra work. So I was living back at home in Yorkshire. And then I'd go over to Manchester to Granada Studios a couple, of, a couple or three times a week and just do extra work. Mm-hmm. And I did that for a couple of years. And oh, there's only, I mean, it was, I mean, looking back on it, it was exciting. I was in the Rover's Return with all the, you know, Bet Lynch and I, I was there at that time, but just sitting in the background in my jeans and a jumper. <laughs> um, and yeah, the Freddie Mercury thing is quite cool now because I can say it's, to my kids, oh my goodness, look, so there's fun. me. <laughs> and it sort of still looks like me. I'm just... Ish. Was it? Were you dancing on it? Yeah. Was it like the? There was a close-up. Oh, me. was it? Yeah. Not like the Ross and Rachel dance on Friends. No. <laughs> well, no, it might be worse actually. No, it was, we just had to. Cut, it was just. Yeah, it was a bit actually. So was side to side. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all had to do it. We had to yeah. be there at seven o'clock in the morning in the uh, Dominion Theatre, and then we were there t- for twelve hours, and we got paid twenty quid. Oh <gasps> gosh. Yeah. Well, that was a lot of money then, really. I suppose well, nineteen eighty. In the, back in the back in the twenties. <laughs> She's that old. <laughs> really old. Um, yeah, so then, yeah, I did lots of singing. I love singing. It, it, it is, I think singing for me is probably what art is for you. And it just is, it's a way of expressing. It can get your anger out. It can get your passion out. It can get your sadness out. And you can just sing. Mm-hmm. And I can sing when I'm walking, as long as there's no one around. Sometimes there are people around <laughs> and then I have to be quiet quickly. But it's a real... What's the word I'm looking for? Release. It is. It's a, it is. It's a, it's a, an emotional release. Yeah. And it's re- and singing is really. I mean, it's sort of the the original emotional releaser. Yeah. <laughs> I've lost all my we're words. We're great, aren't we? We're great at we're great <laughs> just, at this. I'm better at singing. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really good at this. Um, no, but I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And and actually, our family is is really quite musical. Yes. We are very musical, actually. And I only, I only realised that actually I just accept people can sing in tune, but my own son finds it quite hard. Oh, really? And Charlie finds if it's not in his key, right, or in, in his in his not in his key in his range uh, in his range, yeah, he really struggles. Yeah. And I, 
so actually, I think we're yeah we're very lucky. Yeah, we. I mean, it. you know, and we've always done. I mean, you know, we, if we think back to sort of like you know when we were children and all of the concerts that we used to put on yeah. and yeah, yeah, <laughs> our grandpa sitting there crying his eyes oh, out. Oh, great grandpa! I know. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, and grandma on the piano. Yeah. <laughs> Batting <Half speed>. out. <laughs> Although it sped up when she'd had a few sherries. <laughs> Oh, and it was all the right notes, but not necessarily in the right order. <laughs> oh dear, old great grandma. Oh, no, oh, I don't know, oh. but yeah. So we we you know, and I guess an artistic as well. You know, I mean Heidi, our younger oh, sister. Yes. Yeah, she's oh, very my good. Goodness, well, she was doing drawing before, long before you were. Yeah, she was, painting. which is why she was asked to do Sarah's. Yeah, dad's. Yeah, daughter. yeah. But the, her painting is just. Yes, yeah, she's fantastic. Good. She is very good. Yeah, but our mother I as hope well. She mixed up again. Yeah, well, she, our mother did art. Yeah, she was. But a, she's very. Um, oh gosh, I, she's very uh, blousy. Yeah, she's just. She <laughs> just is big and blousy and just fabulous. Uh, she's the sort yeah. of person who kind of she does her oil painting with a palette knife and yes, um, yeah. Although her when she did those portraits, they were good. oh, the, I she mean, did all be- oil portraits, beautiful. Yeah, and pastels and everything. Yeah, Re- really, really good. But she she likes using sort of lots of different mediums and everything, whereas mine is very tight. You know, my yes. my my work is very, and I I honestly believe that my work is so controlled because I have such a lack of control everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Do you well, think that's what it is? I think so. I mean, you know, Mr. Owen, control. Oh god, please you know, control. I. I I I think oh god I hope he's not listening I wrote in his because he was I really didn't like him um I had to have when I was 11 10 11 oh all the secrets are 10 out. it yeah, was 10. 11 plus yeah I had to have um I had to have extra lessons basically we all had extra lessons for 11 plus tutoring because we were needed to get into our local grammar school yes basically <laughs> so and I was changes. so late I mean I'm the laziest person on the planet I really am I just will not I know it doesn't look like I'm lazy but if I don't need to do anything I just won't do it I really didn't like him and he was mean and he was horrible and I and I, oh god it's awful I carved into his chair I hate Mr. Owen <laughs> <laughs> um which is terrible isn't it it's terrible I might he, cut that bit he out. Might, he might be listening and now I'm going to look at his chair. I know. I know. Well, he found it and then I was and then I was oh, punished. Oh, was that when he smacked your new hand? Yeah, I was punished. With a ruler. But I have to say, I think it was very well deserved. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, I, we digress. What was I talking about? Control. Control. I, I, I don't really have... I mean, my dogs are completely out of control. My children are, my children are okay. But, you know, I don't have... I'm not, I'm not sort of regimented or anything like no. that. Everything's just sort of... Well, laid back, been. so laid yeah. back and just you know whatever, um, and I think that's probably why I, I have that tightness. It's like why I, I loved my graphic design and the typesetting, you know, because yeah. everything was really, really everything had, had to be in exactly the right place. But that's the only time I have order. It's really interesting, actually, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that's been really nice. Yeah, well, thank <laughs> We've you. just been sat here giggling. People are probably yeah, thinking, what on what earth is this about? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Um, so I've got one question that I'm going to ask ask everybody. And oh, I need to get my glasses on now to be able to read it. Would you like me to read it for you? No, uh, no, I can read it. It's fine. Um, when it comes to confidence, yeah. what is your number one tip? This is... <laughs> so, see, I find this really tricky because... Because I've always, I'm not saying, gosh, I'm so confident. It's not that. But because I've always, since I was very little, 
I've always either gone on stage, had to sing in front of people and everything else. And that kind of goes on. So I would say, I mean, I know, I know there's this thing that goes around people say, well, just imagine everyone naked, <laughs> which I don't know. I don't, I think that might put me off and that might make me worse. But I think I, I somebody once said to me, just pretend they're all cabbages. <laughs> I just, so I don't know, whatever works for you. <laughs> just, I think just, but also. Rows of cabbages. Oh Yeah. But also I think confidence wise, I think just, Try and be yourself and realize, I know that anyone else in this situation will be feeling exactly the same. Nobody is immune. Yeah. And everyone will feel this. And actually in knowing that, I think that I think there's a comfort in knowing that you're feeling what everyone else feels as well. It's not just you. You're not alone in feeling, oh my, is this just me? This is awful. I'm feeling horrible about this. Everybody feels that. Yeah. That everyone just have better ways of hiding it yes I think no I think you're you're absolutely right you know when we see these like confident people that sort of stand there and they can do anything you know they may well have a strategy beforehand yeah you know and and I know we've talked before about it's almost like um some people could do it naturally it's almost like you take a deep breath and you become you know Annabelle the performer on the stage so yeah. And here I am. And here I am. Yeah. And big smile. And then you're, you know, you're you're a, a, a fabulous, confident person who's going to sing and everything. Um, I mean, honestly, singing on stage is something that, because yeah, I'm I find it terrifying. Yeah, it can be terrifying. Not that I've sung on stage. It is but... quite terrifying when you forget your lines. That's Ooh, quite yes. terrifying. Yeah. But, but then yeah, just imagine they're all cabbages and you'll be fine. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, the worst, one of the worst, the worst thing is when you actually, I mean, this is nothing to do with confidence, but we were doing a panto and my best friend at the time and I, we, I was the princess, I think she was the prince and we had to do 16 going on 17, you know, from Sound Music. And I happened to look down and as I looked down, the guy who was playing the piano, he and the guitarist, who were basically our orchestra in the panto, had both put on nuns' wimples. <gasps> In the middle of the performance, and they were just there going, with smiling faces, but if it, you know, just these, and I was just like, oh, I can't, I can no longer sing. I, it was the most, and, and, and I couldn't, I couldn't not laugh, and I was crying on stage, trying to get my words out, and everyone had to try and cover up for me, and that was, I mean, you, at that point, I mean, yeah, that was just... I had to then come out of character and apologise. But it was just, the, honestly, it was one of those Naughty. things you had to be there. It was, very yeah. fun. it was just the funniest thing ever. <laughs> but, yeah, I, th- I think I think everybody, if, if anyone's feeling not confident, I think a really good, good way, I mean, I know with the art and everything like yeah. that, but also join a choir. Oh, you know, yes. join yeah. a choir because... There, there's something about singing with other people and it's a real, especially after these last two years, actually, yeah. everyone's been very isolated Yeah. and and it doesn't matter what sort of singing it is, it doesn't matter what music. I mean, I happen to go to one that sings, it's, you know, proper choral stuff, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it's being with other people and I think that you, the confidence you get from everyone around you and being part of something as well, I think, yeah. it, I think there are a lot of, there are a lot of injured people from the last couple of years and I think everyone needs to take a lot of care of yeah. themselves and some real 
you know, so I know your drawing helps and that whole when you're all drawing together. Yes, it's, it's lovely. And it and it but but singing Part together with everyone making music together is yeah. just so human. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And I and I really think we need to do everything we can, anything that anyone makes anyone feel Wanted, needed, part of something. I think that's just what being human is about. Oh, gosh, I love that. Brilliant. This year, I have been introduced to the most amazing, inspiring and fabulous people. People who have given me totally different perspectives in life. And my guest this week has had a huge impact on me and my family. Having been through quite a turbulent time in the last few years, kept for the most part safely tucked away in a drawer labelled not to talk about, when I first started chatting to my next guest, it was all supposed to be about my business and another book I was writing. I think the first time we spoke, she clearly saw something flitting across my face and she literally stopped in her tracks and asked me some very pertinent questions, questions I hadn't prepared for. And I remember sitting crying, not having any tissues to hand and the tears were literally dripping off my nose. She got me opening up that drawer, pulling everything out and sorting through it, which in turn has made me reevaluate many, many things. Susie Pearl, author, coach, friend, it is my utter pleasure to be talking to you today. And we only get one life, <laughs> so we might as well do it well. We do. we do, we do. And I know you've, you've, you know, you're, I think you're writing a book about this and I know you talk mm. about this, uh, you know, an, an awful lot. But you know only too well that you only have one life. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I am. I'm writing a new book at the moment. It's called I Lost My Mind. And it's a story of when three years ago I started behaving a little more oddly, even than I normally do. <laughs> and I kept forgetting things. I was meeting a friend in a cafe local to my house. And I was an hour late, which is not usual. I'm on. I'm an on-time person. She said, "What? She said, You've been very strange lately. Have, did you forget we were meeting, or did you go shopping?" I said, "I said no. I couldn't remember the way, and I couldn't remember how to get here." She went, "That is very strange." She's a Serbian woman who takes no shit from anyone. She said, "I'm taking you to the hospital right now." And I went, "No." Anyway, she did, and she saved my life because what happened? I went to the hospital. And I found I had a humongous brain tumour. And they said, okay, girl, you've got three weeks. So get your family here now. Don't wait a week and write a will and get your affairs in order. So I was given three weeks. But I knew, Bonnie, deep down that I wasn't going to go. It wasn't my time. And some people thought I was just deluded and, and oh, how sweet. She thinks she's going to be okay. She's not. I knew we would. And I and my son also knew that. So I, I started on a, I pulled out every tool in the toolbox I knew for my own kind of um, coaching and so on. And I did a lot of meditation, prayer, visualization, CBD oil, I did all sorts of things, hypnosis. And uh, anyway, to cut a, a, oh, I had the most important thing was I had a near death experience, which happens uh, when you have a trauma in your life and you leave your body for a period of time and then you come back into your body. So you're kind of dead for a period of time. And I was, and I came back in. And when I came back in, the most extraordinary thing happened. I came back in a different person, a different operating software, a different perspective on life, a different understanding. It's like I'd been hanging out with the angels and I came back. Uh, and I saw, I, I see the world differently now in a, in a very beautiful way. And I, I know that compassion, kindness, love, 
respect, all of these things are hugely important to be as a human being. I, I also believe that anything is possible, really. We have this infinite consciousness, infinite capacity. So at the time I was writing, I'd been commissioned to write a book on creativity called The Art of Creativity. Once I was ill and I went through this treatment, I was in hospital for weeks. So I asked my brothers to bring in my laptop, which they did. And I just started to write and I got given this book. I kind of arrived and wrote me in a way. And I wrote this book on seven habits. Um, I can't even remember. Seven powerful habits to unblock your full potential. The art of creativity. Uh, yeah, I wrote this book based on really more information that I'd seen when I left my body. Mate, honestly, I'm, I'm sitting here just speechless because, you know, <laughs> I, and I know some people. I know some people kind of don't don't understand this. They they don't get it. Yes. But I, yes. I I honestly truly believe, and I think you have to have that. You do have to have that belief system, and it's and it's not about you know uh, medical treatments don't work and all of this type of stuff. No. But it is definitely this this deeper sense of I, I don't know whatever it is. It's just, it's a real fascinating area, isn't it? I mean, it can't, human beings, we're so magical and complex. And you think we go, I was thinking this morning, and gosh, I was asleep for nine hours last night. What happened? I zoomed off and left, left myself resting in my bed somehow. And, and what happens? What happens when we sleep? You know, how amazing is that? Just simple things that we do every day, how our body breathes us every moment we're breathing and our body is doing trillions of processes without us even thinking about it. And we're just one little human dot on this big planet Earth with all these plants, all these creatures, all these dogs, all these cats, all these animals, all these beautiful things going on, all growing and being magnificent. They can't, this isn't, for me, it's not random. You know, there is a, there is a design behind this. And I'm always very respectful of that design, whatever it is. And I don't think we're meant to even know how it all works, because how could we? You know, our little brains, I'm not sure we can cope with that kind of information. But uh, it's a very interesting thing. And it's interesting that my, my situation now combined all the things I learned earlier on about mind technology, about meditation. I'm big on meditation. I've worked with the David Lynch Foundation for many years, probably about 15 years now. And that teaches TM meditation to people around the world. And it, it's taught to, for example, servicemen who've been in service, that's men and women who've been in the wars, people in abusive situations, all sorts of things it's used for to help get people better after trauma, shock, all of these kind of things. So meditation has been a big foundation stone in my life for many years and it certainly helped me through when I was told you know I didn't have long to live when you're told you only have a few weeks to live the mind sharpens and you think holy moly what am I going to do every day to make this worth it in case I'm not hanging around you suddenly start talking to people differently how would you talk to people if you thought you would never see them again you'd probably tell them you love them Bonnie wouldn't you you'd probably say thank you, I love you, and thanks for, every, you know, you've just been amazing in my life. Or you'd say all the things you've been meaning to say and perhaps you've never said in your life. I would encourage everyone to have a think about acting in life as if you haven't got that much time left and, and be grateful, be loving, be kind to everyone around you and do the very best you can. 
because it's true. We aren't here for a very long time. Even if we live for another 80 years, that's still not a very long time. You know how quickly time goes by. So it does sharpen the mind of how to live life. And how lovely would it be if everybody was kind? Oh, and why not? You know, it doesn't cost anything. It's not like I have to give you 500 pounds every time I'm kind. It's a kindness is free, is freely available and does good work out there. You know, if you're kind to someone, it comes back to you for a start. If you're going to look at it that way, not why we're kind, but it does. It comes back to you like a boomerang um, when you're kind to people. Kindness is infectious and it's a lovely thing. And children need to understand it. And yeah, young people, everyone needs to understand the power of kindness. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and again, you know, just kind of telling telling people that you love them and all of that type of thing I remember um I don't know whether it was last night the night before my my eldest son he's he's a funny one anyway and uh he just walked in he'd said something I was drawing away and um and he said oh um night mum love you and it's not something that he normally says I think it was a bit tongue-in-cheek and then off he went kind of and I was like oh I love you too and he was like what what and I was like (laughs) I said, I love you too. He said, oh, he said, I thought you said, what's the matter with you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Funny, but you know, it's funny, isn't it? How we get used to saying things and get used to not saying things. Yeah. There are some people in life that you just gel with, even if you've never met or chatted before. When you do, it feels like you've known them forever. My next guest is this kind of person. We actually share many of the same values and run businesses that have kindness at the core. I'm delighted to introduce Uber Mummy's owner, the fabulous Alex Smallman. Dogs are just the most amazing things. Well, this is this is exactly, and I was just about to say exactly that. So John, my other half, has never has never grown up with dogs, never had dogs. And oh my goodness me, the love he has for Jessica Rabbit is it is so funny, Bonnie. Honestly, he walks, John comes, she hears his van pull up outside, she runs to the door, he walks through the door and he picks her up and he goes, Hello, Jessica. Like having this full on chat with her while she's going absolutely bonkers. And then he walks into the kitchen and he goes, Oh, hi, babe. <laughs> it's so funny. But she, they, they, the unconditional love oh. that dog brings to the family. And, you know, like my stepson, Joey, he's, he's just, he just adores her. And actually, his, his mommy, and him have also just got a puppy this they've got an English bulldog this week um and I'm so delighted for them to also have so he's so Joey my stepson has now got a dog in in either camp that he just loves and I'm so pleased because from from our perspective like me and you Bonnie and anybody that's listening to this that's an entrepreneur or maybe somebody that's stay at home or whatever they are a real like they have to go out and be walked they are a real excuse to drop what you're doing they can make you feel guilty as hell they've got those eyes that can look at you that you can just think oh okay I'll stop exactly what I'm doing right now and take you out because yeah so that I just think they are just such a they're just such a positive because they make us stop and for me personally 
you know, obviously, as I've just said, we're trying to have a baby. I, I just, she's given me a real focus where I think it's not all work and no play. You know, it's not, it, 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 she just brought that extra dimension of love. Yeah. I just love to have a sit on the sofa and have a cuddle with her and not feel guilty about it in the slightest. Yeah. And that's one thing that I would, I know we're going to wrap this up. That's one thing I would love anybody to take from this. If I could give just, a, if you don't mind, give, oh, you just, just give a few, maybe some, just a few, like three top tips, if you like, to why it's so important that we love ourselves and we give ourselves time. And that is, with as as human beings we always feel we have to be so blooming busy I would say to anybody if you want to take a nap or you feel exhausted or you just feel like you're not functioning right or you're not getting things done in the way that you feel that you you potentially could be you need to take a rest you need to stop for 20 minutes I do it quite often I quite quite often in the afternoon I'll take a 20 minute nap a literally a power nap and I'll put my insight timer app on insight timer is an amazing app that has loads of you know 10 minute meditations 10 minute yoga nidras whatever amount of time you want to take and I'll literally put something on for 20 minutes I'll say to myself I'm just going to have a sleep and then I get back up and I crack on and that's and there's no guilt or shame around that whatsoever I just I I would urge anybody to do that more because it's so so important if you don't incorporate any exercise into your or movement into your life or feel like you need to at some point grab hold of the hand of somebody that's going to help you grab hold of I'm not it doesn't need to be me it needs to be somebody you need to find somebody that's going to champion you somebody that's going to hold your hand somebody that's going to lift your spirits lift you up look after you and make you believe that you can and be okay with you just showing up and doing a small amount because it's those small amounts that are going to get you to to where you want to be and my final thing is note how you feed yourselves right feeding we didn't even go we didn't even go down this route bonnie and, and and it may be a conversation for another day and i'd be more than delighted to come back on and talk about nourishment and fueling our bodies correctly but just try to be really mindful of what you put into your body right because what we put into our bodies is what's going to impact our futures it's going to impact how our body operates so tons of colorful whole foods cook from scratch as much as possible make sure you're hydrated well ease up on the sugar ease up on the white turn everything into as much color as possible and you'll get yourself onto a good track well that's wonderful (laughs) (laughs) so no chocolate (laughs) you you know what a bit of chocolate (laughs) you've got to have I, i am somebody that loves to inspire people to have balance in life and it's not um an all or nothing it's not a one size fit fits all approach it's just get in tune start noting start noticing what makes you feel good and what makes you feel crappy yeah if you eat eat something and you feel like you could go to sleep 10 minutes later don't eat so much of that it's going to make you feel worse if you eat or drink something that makes you feel really good you know do do more of it but maybe just 
not the wine so much. <laughs> wine, <laughs> wine can make us feel good at the time, but make us feel. And also you touched upon it earlier. And, and you know, this is important to note that I'm 40. I don't, I'm not sure exactly how old you are, Bonnie, and you don't have to divulge that. But, you know, my 40-year-old body is not what my 30-year-old body was. My body doesn't respond well to battering it. So I move more mindfully. I put weight through my body. I love to do more strength training, which anybody can do at home by just utilizing a few things from around the house. I don't pull up well from a heavy night of drinking. So I do less of that and I don't do it as often, (laughs) you know, but I love to have a drink. I'm real. And anybody that knows me will know that that's what I am. I'm not somebody that doesn't live life. But and it's you know absolutely it's it's about moderation isn't it? It I mean, is. I, I'm totally with you. I mean, I I don't I don't really drink. It's not that I you know I don't drink. I, I, mm-hmm. I prefer to have a, a cup of tea or, or whatever. Yeah. But goodness me, you know if if I do, oh my goodness, I know about it. It's like takes yeah. takes about a week to recover. <laughs> yeah, and that and that also that for women will play out in a much bigger way the older we get with our hormones changing, you know, the drop um, in estrogen within our bodies, you know, going through the change, you know, and it will, yeah. So that's why it's really, 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 really more important than ever that we uh, lock into the things that we know are good for us and that we do do a bit more of those, but in a really mindful way, you know, in a really, really mindful way. But I'm sure, you know, it's it's very difficult in a short chat like this to get all the correct messaging across. But what I would say to anybody that if anybody just is listening to this and feels like they maybe need just a little helping hand or they want to reach out and ask any questions, please know that my inbox is always open. And I, you know, I say that to everybody because I, I want people to make sure they have the support around them right I didn't I didn't change my life by myself I changed my life by taking somebody's hand and and letting someone else help me I've always struggled finding clothes that suited me especially now that I'm a larger size Last year, leafing through a magazine, I came across this lovely, smiley lady who offered a styling consultancy. So I felt really drawn to her and contacted her. I'm delighted that this week my guest is Sarah Gray. She's helped me hugely with my wardrobe. And although I still sway back to my comfort clothes, I know that I have some fabulous outfits when I need them. I sometimes think, God, I really should make an effort because if I don't, I'm I'm being, that's rude. I should be dressing up and I should be putting all my makeup on and I should be doing my hair properly because otherwise it's really rude. And then the other part of me is saying, but is it rude or are you just showing up as your authentic self at the moment? Yeah. So I have probably quite a lot to say about that. Um, <laughs> but um, the first thing is that word should. It, we need to get rid of it. <laughs> because who says how you should show up you know I do not for one minute think gosh she's rude she didn't put any makeup on today no it's not it is not it's it just isn't a big thing Uh, it can be and some people you know you'll talk about having possibly having the mask but some people's mask is showing up with makeup don't step out the front door without it you know so you've got 
it goes from complete opposite ends of the spectrum. And I think there's so much of the, oh, I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And actually what we, if we're gonna use the word should, what we should be doing is what's true to each of ourselves. You know, when you go to an event or when you go for a photo shoot, the effort is put in. But it's not like some unbelievable amount of effort that you think, crikey, this has taken me weeks to prepare for. It's just enough to be appropriate for whatever the occasion or, or whatever. But on a day to day, you've got to be Bonnie. You know? and, <laughs> and that is really important to me. You can just tweak maybe when you're on camera, as you do. Oh, I'll put my blue shirt on today because I know that looks fab or, you know. And those things, and that's enough. It it really is. I don't. I genuinely don't think we should be making ourselves into something we're not. You know, as long as we're always appropriate, it's that's good enough. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, I've been to um, my my nephew's twenty first. Well, it was actually his twenty third. Um, <laughs> yes, of course. It should have been his twenty first. It was going to yeah. be his twenty second, and then now it was. His yeah. 20th you know you suggested some some really a really nice outfit actually yeah which I wore and you know I felt part of you know the whole yeah. thing they were all wearing their dresses and everything like that and yeah, I, I yeah. did feel you know and it was it was I would never have picked out what you picked for me okay you know so uh and this is something that I, I remember that the blue shirt with the lizards on yes I love that shirt yeah, I remember <laughs> you know and you're when you style, I, I really love, uh, you know, how, how you kind of send your videos through. So um, you send through, you've got a little circle with your face in it and you're that's, that's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go, right, so this is your mood board one and this is what I've chosen for you and these are the reasons why. And then it's obviously a, a system that you use, like a platform or something that you use. Yes, and yeah, it is. Down the side and you're like, you know, right, I'll go and buy that. So click on that, off we go, go and buy that. Um, and you were like, mm, so this is a bit of a, I'm not sure about this, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in it, I, I'm not sure whether you're going to like it. And I looked at it and I was like, lizards, <laughs> when would I ever wear anything with a lizard on it? And I thought, you know what, I'm open-minded. And, um, and so I bought it and yeah. I got it home and I put it on. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is just amazing. The colours, just the way it fitted, everything was perfect. And since then, we've both been trying to find something similar. Yes. Uh, and haven't kind of got anywhere anywhere close, but it's um, that that is a really, really super piece of clothing. And it's so versatile because I can wear it with stuff under it or, you know, whatever. But that then started to show me that I could actually get something that was. But the, the other thing that you told me as well, because we did, we had to do it all virtually. Yeah, and yeah. I remember doing it on the phone and me having to go through all my clothes in my cupboard. That's, that's right. And I think one of the ones was like when you went when you went a little bit quiet and, and you weren't rude or anything, but I could almost <laughs> hear in your head. I mean, what what were you thinking? What were you thinking? What was going through your mind when you bought that? <laughs> well, I now know you well enough that I could actually say it out loud. <laughs> you could, you could be like, no, bin it, bin it. But there was, there was a few where I bought patterned stuff. Yes. You know, and you you talked me through why those pattern things wouldn't work. You know, so I've got 
quite big boobs. So a big pattern kind of over, over a boob is going to kind of accentuate it. And you taught me through all of the reasons why I needed sort of layering and, you know, uh, asymmetric shaping yep. and all of that type of stuff. Which, of course, I mean, I, I mean, if I if I just had to buy stuff on my own, I'd buy navy blue. And that would yeah. be it. I just I'm just dressed head to toe in navy blue most <laughs> because again I think I'm trying to just blend in. Yeah, you know, I was driving through Harrogate yesterday. I was going to a physio appointment and and it was quite busy. And I was kind of driving up through on the main sort of street where the, the bus buses and everything. Lots of people around. Yeah, and there was this lady, and she must have been about sixty, and she was dressed head to toe in she had pinks she had oranges she was like really bright and I literally went past like that and my, my yeah, fantastic oh my god she looks amazing yeah I would never have spotted her if she'd have been stood there in navy blue she looked fantastic you know she was a, a bigger yeah. lady but she was just like Do you know what I love what I'm wearing and you know I think I look fantastic and that kind of oozes out then doesn't it and I was like gosh, it does yeah it's it's hold your head high and 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 just own it and and that is what she will have done and yeah. she'll be doing that d- daily in all sorts of get up probably because she's how she sounds exactly that sort of person yeah. um and it's it's amazing you know you can really own it and that gives you uh, a kind of an extra layer of confidence it's very clever I, you know it's very i'm not saying you have, everyone has to go out and and but wear the brightest thing possible. It's not really about that. It's about just being comfortable in what you love. So, like the lizards, mm. it was a excuse me. It was a curveball, but one I really secretly hoped you loved, <laughs> and and you did. And and now you can walk any down any high street and hold your head high with your lizards on, and they're not in your face. No, at all are they? No. They're just. It's just an interesting, fun pattern. And that is, well, Bonnie's interesting and she's fun. It's putting you, your inside, it's putting you on the outside. Yeah. And that's the key. It's put, yeah. it's, sometimes I wonder if when we, we do all, you know, we do sometimes go towards the navies, the blacks, the greys, that all of them are brilliant base colours to have in the wardrobe. But sometimes you think, okay, so what am I trying to hide? What am I... Why don't I want my real me to be on the outside? <laughs> um, and I see my job as the icing on the cake. So you've done all that work, that, per, you, you know, continual personal development. I know you're huge on it. And I know you, you know, it's a big part of your life as it is mine. And, and when you're at the point where you're ready, you might not know you're ready. Like you opened a magazine and thought, oh, I'm ready for that. You know, and I'm the icing on the cake. You can't you can't change your life by what you wear, but you can you can um, you know it's not a life or death, but it's the it's for me it's the icing on the cake when you've when you're comfortable in who you are. It's sort of magic sprinkling, if you like. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, absolutely, absolutely, and I think that's why I'm really you know when I'm doing my Zoom calls and I'm doing you know different sessions and everything, I feel very comfortable with who I am here. It's absolutely. when I have to go you know out of my comfort zone when I have to go you know it's like I'm going on holiday in a couple of weeks time and again I you know I'm not I'm thinking oh gosh you know what am I going to wear and then I'm thinking oh you know who cares what I'm going to wear yeah 
if I wanted to wear a bikini, you know, who cares? Yeah, there's other, there's other large ladies who wear bikinis and I look at them and I think, oh my God, they look amazing. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's funny how I can look at, so, you know, follow different people and everything on, on Instagram and I can look at some really quite large ladies yeah. and still think they look incredibly attractive. Yeah. You know, beautiful clothes and 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 I I don't look at their bodies and think oh god you know um they they just look wonderful yeah and absolutely it's funny how I can't look at I probably need some more inner work I think but I can't look at my body and and kind of em- embrace it I, I always sort of see this bit of a dough baby <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing but I'm not laughing at you I'm laughing I am laughing with you <laughs> so I it that you're not it's it's not unco- that's I can't get my words out it's not uncommon it's absolutely what women do we are our own worst enemies because we would we think we look at ourselves and we put all the negative thoughts and you know what we see what we think we see but we would never dream of saying that to another woman and Stand in front of the mirror, and this this already people are backing off. I can almost hear them. But, um, but if you if you get it, get yourself into something that's figure hugging, so it, it might you know, if you're not happy to stand there with just your underwear, that's fine. Put something like a, a leggings and a, and a tight top on, so you can see your outline. And I, you know, this takes some doing. So you might do it in in stages. But if you stand in front of the mirror and you you leave the negative thoughts at the door and you you start to actually say what you see so you might say okay oh this wouldn't be me because I've got a really short neck but you might say oh I've got a slender neck whereas before you might have said oh my hair's a mess or I've got a round face or no no let's let's point out the the actual facts let's say okay well my neck is slender or it's it's shorter than so and so's or whatever oh my shoulders oh yes they're quite rounded or they're quite broad or they're and and actually it's it's the not the it's not the internal thoughts we want it's the actual facts so my shoulders are wider than my hips my hips are wider than my shoulders or I don't seem to have much of a waist or I am straight or I go in at the waist and come back out again whatever it is um it'll be different for all of us but but learning those facts and it is a way to kind of accept those facts when we've got the facts okay so I know I've got a defined waist excellent I know now that I need to wear perhaps something that's more fitted so it shows my waist off and and those and then because then you can start applying the the bits that will help you get dressed if you like um and it's a slow process especially when we're not used to you know most women I mean despite the fact that girls spend their lives looking at selfies doing selfies and all of that women of a certain age myself included we actually don't like looking in the mirror do we (laughs) so um you know so it's a case of starting gradually and getting used to seeing yourself factually not oh I'm this and oh I'm that to take almost a step away from yourself if you like it's a bit of a rambled way of describing it but no I totally, 
Yeah, I totally get that. Totally understand that. And, it, you know, it's the same with everything, isn't it? It's that, um, sorry, my dog's wandering around. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's about getting rid of that little critical inner yeah. voice. And it's hard. It's hard. That self-talk is so deep and, you know, but we can we can amend it. We can change it if we just go about it slowly and little steps at a time. And it, it reminded me, actually, one of your podcast guests, Alex, I think her name is, from... Oh, Uber Mummies. Uber Mummies, yes. Yeah. She talked about celebrating the small wins. And it's, a, it's again, something like that we don't do. We, we always focus on, oh, I haven't done this and I haven't done that. Actually, hang on a minute. What are the small things I have done? Because each of those will add up to something really quite amazing and so I take a very similar approach it's the small steps you know that will get you thinking more positively about yourself and then you can be more proactive and and you know in, in whatever form that takes for you as I say we'll all be different which is right <laughs> So I had the most lovely afternoon this afternoon. A young artist from the Northeast who is part of my academy came over for, well, it was going to be a cup of tea, but she doesn't drink tea, which I'll forgive her. Uh, we, we actually had Normandy apple and pear M&S fizz, which was absolutely gorgeous. And she brought a load of cakes again, which were absolutely gorgeous. And I have to say, I spent... Um, about an hour and a half in the company of somebody who at the tender age of 20 has got so much integrity and is so inspiring through what she's done and uh, I'm just honestly she was just I was in awe talking to her she was absolutely fantastic and the most gorgeous gorgeous girl uh, you know Honestly, absolutely gorgeous and so funny. Just an absolute pleasure to chat to. So, yeah, sit back and enjoy the lovely Jessica Liz Fine Arts podcast interview. She is an absolute treasure. That's definitely my long-term plan. Well, my end goal is to have, like, a luxury, maybe pet portrait business. I don't know if that could branch, but a luxury-drawn brand almost because I think I've got such a massive imagination sometimes and a lot of people like my, even my grandma and my family do laugh and I think but it is possible like these ideas but so you kind of think like designer clothes like you've got brands you've got labels you've got cars that are, are known to be more expensive you've got Marks and Spencers it's known to be an expensive top high quality supermarket why can't that be the way for art as well why can't bonnie stone academy jessica Bell is fine art be a household art name brand label mm -hmm. and that's where i'm headed my name is going to be in monaco in america it's going to be it's going to be everywhere. That's brilliant. And I know that sounds crazy, but doesn't, I think you've got to think like that yeah. to make it happen. Yeah, it doesn't sound crazy at all. And I think I think this is what 
I think it's really, really important to have that. Even if it's like a, an enormous goal. Yeah. You've got that goal. You've got the vision. And now it's about all of those little steps in between that you can just, you know, yeah. cross off as you go along them. But that, that vision is always there sort of staring back at you. And, you, and you, that's in the back of your mind. 100%. You know? And it's so motivational. It's if I'm having, because I do suffer terribly with my mental health. And if I'm having a day where I'm like, I'm not even picking up a pencil. I'm like, you will if you want to go to Monaco. <laughs> if you want to get there, you'll have to pick up a pencil. But that, yeah. That's my goal, like a luxury. I kind of, I think I've been very, very fortunate growing up in that I've, I've never really wanted for anything. I've never gone without. I went to dance lessons for a lot of years. I had singing lessons. I went to, I'd like to say brilliant schools. I went to schools that are known to be brilliant. <laughs> what you get out of it is what you get out of it. But I was very fortunate growing up and I want to be able to continue that life and provide it for my children, but also back to the family that gave me it, mm -hmm. who who helped me get to where I am now and who always got me everything I was after. And, I mean, that makes me sound really spoiled. I wasn't because my dad and, mom, and my mum as well taught me really well to understand the meaning of money and how important it is and how it works and how grateful you should be for things that you can get from a young age if you wanted pocket money, you did the washing up, you did the dishwasher. So I then learned really quickly how good it feels to work hard to earn your own money and then get the things that you really want. And I think that's something that a lot of children, unfortunately, now don't, don't understand. It's something that I'd like to teach even when in Lush, when little kids come in the shop, if they've got their pocket money, they've saved hardly in their own pocket money to get a bath bomb. We do a thing called um, Random Act of Kindness where you can, you can give a free bath bomb. And if they've brought their own pocket money, I always give them an extra bath bomb and say well done and congratulate them on how well they've, they've spent their money and how well they've saved. I think it's something that's really important to... And I think I am quite young to understand all of that and to be where I am. And I think that is completely because from a young age I was... I had quite a good understanding of money and how important but difficult it was. Mm. Because we have we have definitely gone through some tougher times, but when you know how to spend money and when you know where it's come from and how hard people have worked to, to earn it, everything you get is appreciated greatly. Mm. And I think... That's something else that I think people, when they purchase art, that's how they feel. So a lot of people think, oh, oh it's something that rich people buy or, oh, I couldn't spend that much money on a drawing or whatever. And I think that's partly why I like the feeling so much because I know how much people will appreciate it when they get it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going, going big <laughs> or going home. <laughs> well, I mean, talking about going big or going home, you know, your amazing... Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, reveal just recently on your on your social media. Um and actually you revealed it in my art club, which was just yeah, I don't... <laughs> I it, honestly, the I had so many messages that came to me going, Oh my goodness, what a lovely girl, how amazing, oh. blah blah blah. You know? And I was just like, Oh, just isn't it brilliant? Because I remember was it last year we, we I think we had like a confidence session mm -hmm. and you know you you contributed 
and and you did get quite emotional, mm-hmm. you know, about different bits and pieces. And like you do, you know, if you're passionate about something and you want to do something, if something's either not working or you're working towards something and it's and it maybe is happening. Yeah. Um, but it was just we'd had that session, and you know, I always I always sort of think about you and and that session, and and then of course you did your you know you kind of revealed what you were doing in the art club, and I was just like, oh my goodness, this is just I know the best. <laughs> it was just brilliant. I just so talk to me about you know how it came about, what it was, and and kind of what that what that means to you. Yeah. So the in South Shields, there's a theatre called the customs house now the main man at the customs house is called ray spencer and he's always been a family friend and like i said in my coffee morning my mom's from the theatre my dad's from the theatre my full family is theatrical we've always been in and out of the theatre on stage so we're very good friends with ray and everybody in the theatre and most theatres in South Shields, as is everybody else who does singing and dancing in South Shields. And he sent my mum a message to say that he was interested in a drone. And I was like, oh, yeah, brilliant. Because um, I I known they've got a dog as well. So I was like, oh, well, they must want um, their pooch doing. And my mum said, no, I, I'm, he kind of gave me the impression it was a human. And I was like, oh, all right. Like, thinking it's been a while since I've done a human, but all right, we'll, we'll see what happens. So I sent him a message and said, oh, hi, Ray, my mum said you've been in touch. What can I help you with? The next thing I know, excuse me, the next thing I know, he's ringing me and saying, now, Jessica, this is all very confidential. You can't tell anybody. It's all on the down low. Nobody knows. And I was like, right? He was like, I want to commission you. And I was like, brilliant. And he was like, it's for to draw a human. Would that be all right? And I was like, well, yeah, depends who it is. And he was like, so Hillary Clinton's coming to some shields and we want you to draw and I swear I think I laughed and I went huh good one because I was like what you coming here for and he went no no we want you to draw a portrait of her for when she comes she's coming to do a lecture with David Miliband there's a South Shields lecture every year and she's coming to be the guest speaker this year she's going to pop to the customs house and we want she's going to see this exhibition and we want we want her to feel comfortable and see a, for, a drawing of herself so I said, okay. And we discussed, well, first of all, I said, okay, I'll have a thing and I'll get back to you because I don't make any decisions without help. <laughs> so I uh, ended the call and I ran downstairs to my stepmom, Helen, and she was like, what is it? What is it? I was like, Helen, Helen, I don't know if I can tell you. I don't know if I can tell you, but, but, oh, oh well, I'll just tell you. And I was like, um, you can't tell anybody, but Hillary Clinton's coming and Ray wants me to draw a portrait of her. And she was like, Wow, like me and Helen were freaking out in the kitchen. <laughs> it was so funny. So she was like, you best bring your dad and see what he thinks. Because I'm very, very lucky in that everybody in my family helps me in some way with my business. I could not do it on my own. I, I have, with my mental health, I have what I like to call a full brain. And there's nothing else going in there. And... People tell me things and I go, yeah, no worries. And less than 30 seconds later, it's completely gone. So money things, keeping up to date with everybody on social media, messaging people back, emailing people. If I didn't have Helen and my dad and my mom and even my grandma sometimes remind me, I would not be where I am today. 
but I am getting much better at organizing it. But so like, right, we need to speak to dad and see what he thinks, because it would, it was a very short deadline, four weeks or something, five weeks, and it would put other people's commissions back. And it was going to be something that I wasn't, I couldn't message somebody and say, I can't do your commission right now because, because it was completely 100% confidential. So I rang my dad and I was like, dad, isn't this amazing? And he was like, well, you know, I really need to think about this and I really need to think about that. And I don't really know whether you should do that. And how do you feel with your mental health? Are you going to be okay? And he, because he was in work, he was in work mode. And he, bless him, I, let, I, I hung up and I was like, I was good and a bit rage and I was like, I can't believe he's not happy for me. And bless him, he must have realised he'd gone into work mode and he sent me a message saying, I'm so sorry, kid. I'm so proud. That's amazing. Let's talk about when I get home. Anyway, we decided I was going to do it because I thought, so if like short-haired dogs, I can like smash through really quick. Long-haired dogs, hard pass. But um, <laughs> if it's short-haired, I can do it really quick. So I thought, I think my next four or something were short-haired. So it was something that I was going to be able to get back from quite quickly. And I thought, it's something I can't, I can't, I couldn't say no to. So we discussed price and things, and that was something that was really difficult because I'd never asked for that kind of money before, and it was going to be on a scale like A2 that I've never drawn before. It was going to be needing to be like the best frame, the like it needed special art glass. And I, my dad was saying, well, if you think about like how much you would do for an A3 portrait of a dog, how long it would take, how many, because I had to take some time off Lush as well. And et cetera, et cetera. And we're kind of settled on about 5.50. And even then I was like, oh, dad, that's far too much. It's far too much. We can't ask for that much money. But there was also a tiny part of me in the back that was like, this is going to take me a month. I should be asking for more. But I just felt I couldn't. And I thought, you know, Ray's done me a massive favour by asking me to do this. And the publicity that comes from that is going to be worth more than anything. So... We settled on 5.50 and I was, I sent him, I sent Ray a message and I was, I remember we were driving back from Teen Valley, which is a shopping centre. And, um, and I'd sent the message and I was going, dad, dad, what if he says no? What if he says no? And I've blown my chance of blown it. And, um, he just texted back straight away saying, brilliant, get cracking kiddo. And I was like, should I ask for more? <laughs> <laughs> but so, so it was settled. I was doing it, it was started. It then went on a massive roller coaster of what it was and, it changed from being that it was going to be in an exhibition that she was going to look at. Then a flight got cancelled, so she wasn't going to make it to the customs house. She was just going straight to the lecture. So then it was going to be put at the lecture for her to look at and then leave. Then it was going to be a gift for her. Then it wasn't a gift for her. And then eventually on the day of meeting her, it landed that she was going to take it home. It was a gift for her. Now, I wanted... When doing it... I kind of went back to the mode of when I was doing my grandpa and thinking about something that she probably wouldn't have had before because I'm sure it's something that she'd have been presented hundreds of. And I wanted to give her something that wasn't, didn't show her in a light of politics or media or the way she's portrayed mainly in the world, but something that was more personal to her with it being a gift, it ended up working really well because 
It didn't speak anything about what's going on in America at the minute, what's going on here at the minute. It didn't speak anything about where she's been in the past or what she might do in the future. It spoke completely about who she is in herself, who she is as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, completely and utterly herself with no other connotations around. And then I had a big blank space um, in front of her because I wanted it to kind of portray that in her future, it's her choice. If she wanted to leave politics, leave it all behind, that's what she can do. If she wants to portray, if she wants to um, continue being a grandma, that's what she can do. And I wanted to leave it empty because I wanted her to kind of see without everything else, the future is for hers for whatever she wants to do. It's the same for everybody. Whatever you want your future to hold, whether it be what you've been doing for the, your entire life, whether it be something completely different, whether it be a bit of both, it's yours to do with whatever you want, no matter who you are, what you've done. So yeah, then I got to meet her. <laughs> and it was amazing. I was, it was so, so, so complicated because from day dot, I said I was on holiday when it looked as if she was going to be coming. And it had been booked for ages. My dad and Helen and I were going to go and do the North Coast 500 in a motorhome. And we were so excited. would like plot each day, every activity we were going to do each day. And then Henry Clinton just came and dropped herself in on day 10 of a 14-day trip. And I was like, Dad, what are we going to do? And it wasn't literally until two days before we left that we were like, that I finally decided... I really want to go because I was kind of thinking I'm all right with that just being given it by somebody else do I really want it because it hadn't been on a holiday in so long but I was like no I, I can't not meet that and present this role that I've done myself to have myself so my mum saving grace so we were on the morning of so she came on the Friday on the morning of the Friday I was literally at the bridge of the Isle of Skye and um, on the Thursday evening my mum drove up all the way to Inverness with my little sister and stayed overnight and then my dad drove me in the motorhome from the Isle of Skye to Inverness dropped me and then he went back to Isle of Skye to continue on and my mum brought me all the way back from Inverness in a day we didn't stop at all and then on the way home Ray texted me saying so it's going to be a gift for her and we need to have some sort of reveal have you got a piece of material? Now, two weeks prior, before I went on holiday, I'd text Ray saying, I don't know if you're thinking of maybe it's a reveal or whatever, do I need to get something for a reveal? And he was like, no, no, it's fine as it is. And then when I was halfway <laughs> on the motor on the motorway from Inverness, he texted me saying, oh, we are doing a reveal. So we all went into full panic mode, but it, it got sorted and I found the perfect piece of like grey cloth to go over it. And um, I... When we got there, so I had bought a pink power suit, obviously. And um, when we got to the school where the lecture was held, I was carrying it. It was massive. I was carrying it and um, something came over me and I was like, I've made it. I'm here. Make sure everyone knows. And I was just walking around going, does anybody know where they want the artist? Um, does anybody know where they want the artist, guys? I'm, I'm, the, I'm the artist. I'm here. And then they, they were literally like, what? An artist? And I was a mess. And I've sang and danced and performed in front of thousands of people on stage. And my mum was like, Jess, why? Like, why are you so nervous? You've been on stage before. And I was like, well, I'm 
I'd literally rather go on stage solo at Glastonbury. Like, I'd be less nervous for that than I am to meet this one lady. And I've always said it's so much easier with, like, loads of people than it is, like, one-on-one. But I think it was more excitement than anything else rather than nerves. But I was already freaking out because... So, she has, like, a full staff team with that at all times. And they're like huge, massive, tall security guards who all talk in their wrists like you see on the movies. It was so cool. Like, so basically they followed us around everywhere we walked. And um, like me and my mom had like a guy, the mayor and the lady mayoress had like a guy and they just follow you around. So we, my mom and I and the mayor and the lady mayoress were ushered into a, one room and um, with Ray as well. And there was a, like a, a security guard, bodyguard guy stood outside. And every time we made a movement in the thing, he would like speak into his wrist. And we were like, what's going on? <laughs> but it was, it was, it just made the experience so much more cool because it, it was literally like a film. Anyway, so I was already freaking out with it just being me, the mayor, and the Lady Maris, who I'd never met anyway. And, and, and like, my mom was like, it's just the mayor, like, don't pack it. And I was like, yeah, but I know, but just still, like, more important than me. I was like, it's still pretty cool. <laughs> so we were just happened, but they were both lovely. But I was literally like, so ladies, you nervous? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> they were lovely. It was dead funny. Like, had, had a really good chat and kind of settled each other. Anyway, then they went out and there was several other people, um, the police constable and everyone was going to meet her as well. And there were several other people who got to go and they saved me and last. And I was like, wow, this full time she stood there talking to all these people. And there's just this easel with a big thing on and a cloth over. And she must have been thinking, desperately want to know what's underneath that. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so then, like, the security guard kind of was like, you're up. And I was like, okay. So I went out and um, reintroduced me and I, I shook her hand. And she was, as soon as I started speaking to her, she put us at ease so quickly she was so lovely and I've said everybody no matter what she's done politically that people disagree with or people have got everybody's got their own opinions on that and I don't really follow politics so I'm not up to date with it I don't follow it really but no matter what has gone on there in our past or what she does in politics when she spoke to me she was lovely and I couldn't fault her she was really truly interested and how I'd created my business, what I had created this drone with, what pencils had I used, how did I do it, how long did it take me, do I have a business, what else do I draw? She even took a business card and she she literally turned to all our staff as soon as I unveiled it and she was like, I'm going to butcher the American accent right now. Oh my goodness, can somebody please get this home safely on the plane? I'm so worried about it getting home safe. And I was literally like, oh my God, she actually really wants to take it home. That was kind of the moment where I was like, wow, like she actually does like it. She wouldn't, you wouldn't just say that. You would just go, oh, thank you if you didn't have yeah, to. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. And then there was a moment where it was me, my mom and Hillary and a staff were kind of like come and running because she would, she'd been blocked by, I think it might've been Ray having a conversation with David Miliband. And um, a staff were like, you could see them edging over to her and she was just like, like just lifted her hand and kind of looked as if to be like, I'm all right, I'm having a conversation. And was closer than like, you are me now. And we just had to chat for five minutes. And I was literally like, what? Like, it was surreal. How amazing. It was incredible. And I was just thinking when you're out the room, I just wanted to say, 
this is a little bit deep, but I just thought it was necessary to say for people who listen to it, because I know, well, like being in the community, being on like the Zooms and there were a lot of people who struggled with confidence. And I just wanted to say that I sound really confident and like I've got a plan and I know what I'm doing. I want to say for the record that that is not the truth. I think I might just be a really good actress <laughs> because <laughs> most days, I'm getting better now, but most days I'm really poorly with depression and anxiety. And I don't want people who listen to me now to think that they can't get where I've got or do the things that that we've done because they have those thoughts as well, because those are things I, I struggle with every single day, every single day. And there was a time when I was smashing out commissions before Christmas and I probably didn't sleep for months. And there's a photo I took that we all take the make-up work outfit now because you've got to laugh if otherwise you'll cry. And um, I was upholding me, me final commission finished before Christmas and I was smiling and it was the fakest thing I've ever seen in my life. And the bags under my eyes were horrific. But I just, I just, I know that's so weird to mention, but I just thought it was important to mention because I know that if I heard somebody who sounded quite as confident as I probably do, that I would think, wow, she's got it together. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's important for people to know that it is possible, even, even on the days where you're lying in your bed and you're thinking, I'm rubbish at this, I'm terrible at this, I'm not going to get where I want to be, I shouldn't even get out of bed, even if you're having those thoughts you can do it. Mm. And it's even to myself, it sounds daft saying it now because I could say that to myself on one of those days and I wouldn't believe it. But now I am where I am, meeting the Beyonce of coloured pencils. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure <laughs> And like it it is it is easy to see that it is possible. You can you can get up one morning, you can push through those things that are the thoughts that are telling you you can't, and you can fake it till you make it. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of my It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast. If you did, I'd be so grateful to you for emailing me or texting a link to the show or sharing it on social media with those you know who might like it too. My mission with this podcast is all about sharing mine and my community's experience and hope by telling your fascinating personal stories, championing the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and to create another channel through which I can support you to realise your coloured pencil and life dreams. If you haven't done so yet, please help me on my mission to spread positivity and joy throughout the coloured pencil world by following me on my socials at Bonnie Snowden Academy or by getting on my list at bonniesnowdenacademy.com. And remember, I truly believe if I can live the life of my dreams doing what I love, then you can too. We just need to keep championing and supporting each other along the way in order to make it happen. Till next time.